Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John chases a bird around his house, wonders if donkeys are depressed, and loses the trivial pursuit in epic fashion. Meanwhile, I injure myself with a cinnamon roll, have a chance encounter with Willie Nelson, and picture myself as a comedian after the apocalypse. Plus, a conversation about the pressure to be extraordinary in today's culture and what success actually looks like. Today's episode is not sponsored by Pinky Toes. You won't even know we're there until you hit us on the coffee table. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It's everything you like, Johnny, and nothing that you don't. Let's talk about that. We're all things to all people. Yeah, except we don't compromise. I mean, I don't, I don't mean that. We pander. Oh, we did that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think There's you, no difference between pandering and compromising, really. I, mean, I think you've got to. It's uh, okay. Well, you know. Uh, how's uh, how's the day going for Johnny W today? It's okay. We've had a good. This it's weird because we've had a. I've had a really slow December. Yeah, a long December to quote. Uh, is it Counting Crows? I always want to say Casting Crowns, but it's Counting Crows. Casting Crows. Casting Crows. Yeah. It's a different. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been kind of a slow December for me. So I've had time to kind of work on other things. But then we've had this surge of uh, requests for shows and and bookings for. 2023. So I'm excited about the new year and I've had a couple of videos kind of catch fire, which has been fun to watch new people find me and some of them don't love me. That's how the internet works. Right. You know, but, uh, if you get a huge swath of people that find you, a couple of them are going to be like, I don't like it. What's up with this guy? (laughs) And those accounts are hurtful and I wish you hadn't made them. Well, I needed something to do. That's true. You got uh, nothing going on. Someone had to take you down a little bit, down a No, notch. it's great. It's uh, it's uh, Christmas time in the city. It is. As you know. Yeah. And so we're headed towards that, yeah. barreling our way towards Yuletide joy. Yeah. Um, speaking of counting crows, mm-hmm. my wife called me today, and yeah. she's like laughing hysterically. Yeah. I just got into the office after running all the way out to Gladeville. All the way around to here. It's not easy to get through Mount Juliet yeah. anymore. And so I... So you think your wife's laugh sounds like a crow? No. Is that what you're getting at? She's like, uh, I don't know what to do. I was like, okay. Yeah. She was like, I left the back door open to let Ace go out. Mm-hmm. And there's now a bird in the house. Oh, no. <laughs> so she became pretty hysterical about the bird. But like laughing hysterically. Yeah. But also like, it's hey! A, like she a had ridiculous these, these scenario. Sudden, yeah. I was like, so 
I guess I need to come home. It's a big bird. She was like, please don't be mad at not, me. I was like, well, not, not, not big bird from <laughs> big birds it's in the house. It's a big bird. Yeah. That'd be weird. I don't know what it was. A I think seven it was foot like tall a, yellow bird. I think it was like a finch maybe. Okay. But I don't really. I'm not a bird person. No. My mom would have known. Oh, yeah, she, she knows uh, birds. She uh, Audubon. No, no, not like she, not like a bird watcher. Like she knows. She knows the birds. birds. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, I guess I gotta come." She's like, "Well, don't, well, don't be mad." I said, I'm not mad. I just like you're telling me you can't get the bird out. I'm I just, not. I didn't say I was angry. I said I, I, said I was upset. upset. <laughs> <laughs> so I come home, and yeah. the one thing she had not done because this has happened once just before, ask the bird to leave. Uh, right. Why I just have a just have a civil conversation? Have a sit down with the bird and be like, "Look, listen, man. I know you like it here. I know it's cold out there. I get it." I get it. And what are your needs? What can I do? Maybe we could do an exchange program. Exactly. You take Sadie for a while. We'll take you. Yes. Yeah. And so. How many worms is it going to take <laughs> for me to get you out of this house? <laughs> She's not closed any of the doors. Okay. So by the time I get home, oh, she's trying to give him the ultimate. I don't. Path I don't she's out. like, I didn't think of that. Like she's laughing so hard. Yeah. And also a little scared. Right. It's, it reminded me of Christmas Vacation with the squirrel. Yeah, gets in the house. Except mm-hmm. you know that's just terror, which is a ridiculous scene. Right, I mean, they act like that the squirrel's going to kill. Well, them. squirrels do have rabies, but it's like squirrel. Like it's like they're the freaking birds, out. Birds have bird flu. The one lady just lays there and plays dead. Chevy Chase's mom. Yeah, you know, like it's the whole thing. But uh, so the bird gets all the way into our bathroom. Yeah, and the poor thing keeps just flying. It thinks I see my way of escape, and it's a mirror. Oh no. I won't, see my way of escape, and it's a window. Won't that preach? Oh my gosh! Sometimes you think that you're the way out. You're 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 banging your head oh. against your own visage. Or sometimes you think that you're flying towards the real light, and it's a counterfeit. It's just reflecting the light. You can't get out that way. You got to get to the real thing. Am I right, though? I really did. The bird hurt himself. I guess I couldn't oh, no. catch him. So I went and got the pool uh, net. That's the only way I had to get him last time. But he right. goes into then our closet. Okay. Like he's going through my clothes. Like going Just like, like hate it, hate, hate it, it, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. I can't get him out. I get him out, finally get the door closed. Of course there's he's pooping as he goes. Oh yeah. Because I don't know how much poop a bird can hold. But they never really but, stop. But just... we just found out. Like, yeah, I think he's just, this one had just had Thanksgiving dinner in a constant just state of yeah. I'm sorry, you know, back in digestion, and so um, finally, and he did. I think he hurt his leg because he started then hopping on the ground and on the floor. Oh, no. I finally, got him in the net and got him outside. But uh, but now he's hurt. He, he flew away. Oh, okay. So he may not be able to land now. I don't know. He's got to stay airborne for the rest of his days. Well. But I was just like, honey, I was like, you got to stop screaming. Because when he would fly past oh, right. us, she'd be ah! like, she'd have this. Yeah. And, it, and it would startle me. And it was a pretty funny morning. But um, I got the bird out. Imagine the stories he'll have Oh, I when he gets back to his bird family. Well, you know what he would do? He would go in and, and try to nest in the tree. That's where he came out and scared her to death. Oh, right. He would go to the Christmas tree. Yeah, that makes sense. So Looks like his home. The only thing in that house that looked like his home. And, uh, it's like when you'd catch like a frog or something, you'd put it in a jar, a mayonnaise jar with like two holes in the top and put a leaf and a stick. Like, this is what you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you live, yeah, right? We love this. Yeah. We pass by someone that has donkeys and goats and chickens right by the middle school out in Gladeville. And the donkeys, have you ever seen a, like, it's not a large pen, yeah. But the donkeys just look like they couldn't be more miserable 
But really? then I started thinking, like, have you ever seen a donkey that didn't look that way? Well, maybe it's because of Eeyore. You think that's... I don't know. Because we grew up with a miserable donkey character in our lives. But they're... Yeah, maybe that's... no. But so you're projecting Eeyore onto no, this donkey. I think, I think that... Sorry, who wrote... Who wrote... Uh, uh, who was... Uh, hold on. We're going we're gonna to get people just shouting at us. I'm going to look it up. Christopher Robin. Right. Uh, Milne. A.A. Milne. Right? Maybe he chose that animal for that character because a donkey already looks that way. So you think that I'm projecting. Okay. Maybe that's why he did that. So but, you think he found those characters, just like he probably saw a bear in the wild wearing a half shirt. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> when, I wonder why he decided to put on a shirt and not anything else, really. Yeah. And tigers, uh, tigers known to bounce on their tails yeah. in the wild. Well, but I've never, it's I completely, wonder. Completely. It's not the Discovery Channel, John. No, it's not. But you just, I kind of make this like assumption. Well, that donkey's yeah. miserable because it's in captivity. But, but then wh- I started thinking, what like, does a wild donkey do? Do we have wild donkeys anywhere just in the world? running around. And when they do, do they look any different? Or are they just the same like slooping posture of a regular donkey? What is, uh, yeah, what is the food chain of a donkey? Like, where is it? How does it? It has no... Like, is it made for captivity? Like, that's how it survives? We got a lot of questions for farm people. There's no... We don't know anything about it. There's no way to know either. That's what the best part of the show is, that we don't know anything. Uh Uh-uh. But sometimes we try to act like experts about things we don't know anything about. Right. Which is, that's the internet. That's just how it works. But most of the time, we'll just be like, I don't know. I don't know. What do we know? I actually think it's good to say I don't know. Okay. We always try to learn a little something. No. Do you know that I I had people text me after last week's show... (laughs) Because I was right about uh, Paisley, Scotland. My manager at Home Depot had told me, uh, who was Scottish, of Scottish descent. Okay. He said, I'm from a town in Scotland called Paisley, and that's where the Paisley pattern came from. And I told you live on the show, I was, like, I was just thinking about it for the first time in 20, 30 years. And I was like, he might have just been like totally ribbing me the whole but time. But he was correct. He was right. That was a real place. So it wasn't a In fact, place. one of the most famous residents of Paisley, William Wallace. Really? Braveheart himself. I thought you were going to say Brad. Yeah, that's right. Just a guy named Brad. You never Brad, heard of him. Brad Paisley. Oh, Brad Paisley. Okay. Uh, no, so anyway, there, uh, so that was, we, you learned something. I learned that I was not lied to, and there actually is a Paisley, Scotland. Uh, interesting. And, uh, and I was right about Lee Victory Park, too, which I think I sent you that. I think Curry sent it to me. Yeah. I had her send it. I still question the source. Okay. Because where did she get it from? I don't question her. All right. As the source. I'm like, I want to know. I want to go now. Look so you don't up. think there's a guy named Lee Victory? You think it's about Robert E. Lee and a Civil War victory? You know it's what? Just not, it's a and relic I'm of history. I'm studying a lot of Nashville Civil War history, but I'm not sure that it was the Battle of Stones River, I okay. believe, in Murfreesboro. But I'm not certain who the generals were in that battle. So. Anyway, all that said, we're 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 posturing, we're we're gesturing, and we're kind of just speculating on things in the uh-huh. show sometimes. Uh-huh. And then sometimes we're right. Sometimes yeah. we're way off. And people shout at their car radios until they pull them into guardrails. And my wife says she shouted a lot. And that's okay. Episode. Well, she was defending her television choice, too, a little bit, probably, because we were talking about the, the frame TV that you want to get her. Yeah. So she's probably, like, mad about that. I think she was most frustrated when I couldn't get the word metabolize. Oh, yeah. For that, a med- that had medically to, minded person, you know. The whole grapefruit in medicine. I anyway. Couldn't, I couldn't get there. You learned something, but... You do learn something, Johnny. And hey, listener, uh, we want to help you learn even more in a few moments, and we'll be right back.
And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) We had to pay some bills, you guys. So, back to the Eeyore thing. Yes. So, donkeys. We don't know if they're miserable or not, but then we anthropomorphize these animals. We give them these human characteristics, and they have speaking voices, and they become part of our childhoods, right? Johnny, did you have a pet donkey? Because I don't have a donkey as a part of my childhood. No, but I'm saying, like, Eeyore was a part of my family. Really? But now does it make me... It doesn't make me just like assume things about donkeys. Like I read, do you ever read the book Lyle Lyle Crocodile? Well, now it's been made into a movie. Okay. So whatever you, it's a children's book, beloved children's book. Now it's been made into a movie. I went and saw the movie with my niece, my nieces. And uh, I got to tell you, I loved it for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so great. and was so well done. Javier Bardem is in it. Mm. And he plays this kind of like greatest showman character, but he's kind of a huckster too. And he's, He's kind of shady, and he's all about exploiting a little bit the singing abilities of Lyle, which Lyle gets stage fright. So that's the big thing. It's Uh kind of like the singing toad. You know, when the big moment comes, he's like, aha, and he points to Lyle, and then Lyle freezes, Uh and then it's embarrassing. But so he hides out in this house, and then this family discovers him, and uh, but then he like shows them he can sing, and it like breaks down the walls. They're like, oh my gosh, he's got talent. But he's a six foot tall. I mean, it's a full size gator. He's just coming at you. Wow. Well, I guess he's a crocodile, not a gator. A I don't want to be. It's a six foot crocodile. So he's coming insane. at you, but he stands on hind legs. But the ba- the best part of it, and I know Disney's under fire, and a lot of these companies are under fire for like pushing messages on kids and stuff. And I get it. Whatever. I don't have kids, so it's harder for me to like. I get more like, all right, what are we doing here? Right. Why are we freaking out about all this stuff? I know it's a little harder when you have kids. You have to think about what's being put into your kid's head. I understand. Some might say you are the kid. Yeah, that's what's going on. I'm yeah. just, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm being uh, swayed one way or another. <laughs> I don't care. But I will say about this movie, and if you've not seen it, I don't want to spoil it, but the cool part to me was in the end, he's like on the run. The zoo's trying to get him. And there's a talent show, like an America's Got Talent kind of a show, yeah. American Idol. And he makes his way to the audition, and they basically tell him, Lyle, if you don't, you have to sing or they're going to capture you. You have to show them that you're special. Mm. And it was a way to like save his life. So his stage fright goes away, and he just sings, and the whole crowd's like, whoa, and yeah. they're freaking out. And so at the, in the end, the, the big greatest showman kind of a guy comes back into the picture, and he's like, I'm scheduling a world tour and blah, 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 and he's all ready. And Lyle is just like, I'm good. And he gets in the car with his family and they're going on vacation together. Wow. And that's how it ends. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like he just, he saw his singing as like, he had fun singing. Right. And he sang to himself, but he didn't see it as like a means to make himself famous. And so it didn't send that message to kids of like, you could be the American Idol too if you're right. talented. The only like, way like, you could survive and right. meet your dreams is to perform better like, than everyone else. It was like he saw his talent as like a utility to get him a family and get him a, a real life. Mm-hmm. But he didn't see anything beyond that of like just the joy of singing. And I thought that's a cool message for kids yeah. that you don't see in a lot of movies. More, usually it's like you got one shot, you got to make it and whatever. Yeah. This wasn't that at all. And I thought this is kind of cool. So I dug it. So yeah, I like and movie. now I've ruined it for everybody that might've gone to see it. <laughs> you had time, you had four months. Yeah, Come on guys. It's been out for a while. I like movies and messaging that, that says it's okay to just have a normal life. Yeah. Cause I, I struggle with that. Yeah. You know, 
I think the internet era has really brought that into huge focus. See, I think we had that in the 80s and 90s, though, really? too. Yeah, well, think and everybody about... thought they wanted their... Well, you had Andy Warhol saying everybody will have their 15 minutes of fame in the future, but... But you had this, like, sense of be extraordinary. Yeah. And maybe that's just human. That could have been throughout all the ages. But leave your mark, mm-hmm. you know... Um, I still think about that, like when I'm not here, what, especially as I study other people's yeah. marks that they've left, I go, and I have to struggle hard to find it. Like I got to look through old records and go way, way back to find yeah. like evidence of not only their life, but what they did and, and what they said. Yeah. And I go, you know, how hard it would be to find the evidence of what we say and do, you know, in, in the future. And it doesn't even matter in that respect, but it feels like it matters, but... Yeah, or even like proof texting when we would sit, we sat under a ton of sermons. And even now you see a lot of people being like, they'll take the story of Esther and make it about like, you're the Esther of your day for such a time as this. You've got to stand in the gap. And like, we're almost encouraging people against an ordinary life, like a beautiful, ordinary life. Mm -hmm. We're saying like, no, you've got to go do something extraordinary or it's a wasted moment. It's it's crippling to a lot of kids coming out of... And I say kids, when they get into their mid-20s to mid-30s, I mean, I the, the times I get a chance to, to continue with someone, yeah, it often, because we had a very performance-based sort of youth ministry, but we had a very relational-based youth ministry as well. It was just kind of like, hey, you know, this is a place you can try things. Mm-hmm. We're going to go do cool things and be excellent at it. And, you know, um, I sometimes don't, I mean, I don't regret that. I don't regret teaching kids how to play music. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't regret teaching kids how to get up and talk in front of people, you know, or how to write, you know, when we had all kinds of things we would do in those specialized fine arts festivals and things like that. But I don't know what to do with the tension of the sense that, especially when it's connected to faith and to Christianity, yeah. that they felt they needed to make, make themselves extraordinary in those spaces and possibly also make a living by their creativity. Yeah, and some of that where we are, too. We live in entertainment town. We live right. in Nashville. So yeah. maybe some of that's wired, baked into their upbringing because you see it everywhere. Uh-huh. You just walk down Broadway. Everybody's just like busking and yeah. they got their guitar case open and they're amazing. Oh, yeah, they're good. I mean, the guy that plays at O'Charlie's is a better guitar player than you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And he's just trying to like get a cut on a record. He's just trying his best. Yeah, you just sit in a regular restaurant at the Nashville airport and some dude's up there mm-hmm. singing and he's amazing. And you realize like people from out of town probably see that and go, wow, Music City, you know, people who live here like me and who have you know had a little bit of, yeah. of foot in various industries. I just see them paying their dues and I just I, I go, man, I'm I'm glad I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> like that was hard. That's hard today. He's probably making a hundred bucks if that. Yeah. To go play at an airport, you know, and this is not what he came to Nashville to do, but this is what you do. And it, there's no guarantee he's ever going to make it anywhere past this. You either have to love it, yeah, you know, and, and you meet the people that love it, or you have to have like that insatiable drive that you you never, like I saw on those billboards today, the pass it on billboards uh-huh. coming in and it's a ballet dancer and it says, you know, persistence and it has her name. I don't forget her name, but pass it on. And I just started thinking through like, the messaging is a good messaging. It's 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 not only American. I think it's evangelical and it's Christian. And and there is truth like perseverance and persistence yeah. and all those things. But it's also towards a dream. Yeah. 
versus towards like a cause or even yeah yeah the cause within like the real the I'm persistence just, is towards a success that right. can be calibrated and measured yeah don't give up on this just because you get cut right. from the team or you don't you you get cut from the tryout whatever you do never stop and the truth is someday everyone's probably going to stop being a ballet dancer on their way that's trying where, to that's be where you're wrong john <laughs> johnny you're still don't you away. dare step on my dream <laughs> have I you mean, seen me up on the points of my toes gosh i can't do it long and there that. there are a lot of feet bones cracking i'm telling you, you what man we were watching some movie where they were doing ballet and i turned to laura and i was like i still want to know what human came up with the idea Oof. what we need to do is right go right up here on the tips of your toes and have you ever seen them like with their shoes off and like just the blood and the the gore of it all of what they do to their feet. Like I'm impressed. Yeah. But like it's it's a you know, you just can't Mm-mm. and this is weird. Like you might be able to write, you might be able to do comedy, you might you know there's there are some things if you can find your groove. I don't think I could just write books of my own though. I mean, I don't think I'm yeah. good enough, you know, for that. Um yeah. You're good enough to do comedy, and you do that for a living. But so that's the hard part is we're creative is talking about people not wanting to do creative things yeah. for their life. No, I, I totally you know. did. I mean, I don't know if I chased a dream, though, to the point where I was like, to me, what I always wanted and what I considered success in the early days was I wanted to be able to do it as my job. Yeah. And so I try to look back now and go like, oh, I've only got this many shows. Or I only made this much this year or I only had whatever. Facebook yeah. fans or whatever you whatever you want to calibrate it with. And uh, I try to remember that, that guy that started that said, like, can you imagine if somebody would pay me to do this and this was my job? And I try to let, let that be the thing. Let that be the finish line. Because it's pretty great. And I think that's a wise and also a, maybe a less sexy one than well, a that's, lot of the Well, if somebody who's like a real hustler heard that, they would say that I'm like letting myself off the hook for – now yeah. I get to not be as – I don't have to chase it. I can be lazy because all I've ever wanted was a blah, blah, blah. Well, you can do that at the bare minimum if you just whatever. What's the point of a life you can't enjoy though? Yeah. And I don't – like I'm sorry and, and sorry Alabama fans, but like I don't think I've ever seen Nick Saban look like he actually enjoyed football. He he seems like when he's in a interview, he seems like a more jovial person. And those Affleck commercials, he's kind of – yeah. there's a layer of his personality that's coming out. That's a little sillier. But there's also like this sense of you've won, what, six championships now? Yeah. Like, what, so you are, you think, still, what are you still doing this for exactly? Like, I mean, I don't mean this like I want just Nick Saban to retire. So, oh, you're desperate for him to retire so we but, can start winning some <laughs> SEC championships. <laughs> I just mean, though, if I think of, in my mind, and we always talk about this, like I always have the cruise ship like fantasy in my mind of yeah. the future. Right. It's a, I make enough money to have my house paid off and to not have anything else required of me so that if I wanted to, mm-hmm. I don't need gone all the time. I can go take a month. Right. And I can just, yeah, you know, and it's a very, there's a story in the Month Bible. on a cruise ship, just you and Nick Saban. Just me and Saban, bro. Hang oh, out. Oh, man. What a dream. court. What a dream. Shuffleboard. What do they call it? Shuffleboard. It's got to be a court, right? Isn't it just, maybe it's the... It's not a field. No. Is it a shuffleboard? Oh, you hang out at the shuffleboard, or do you play shuffleboard? Shuffleboard on court. The I think it's court. shuffleboard court. Uh, there's no way to know. You know, but like I always have that idea that okay, I did all this so I can go recreate, rest. Yeah, which is a real respite. There's a whole there's a whole Bible story about that. That's awful. I mean, you don't you know that the guy gets real rich and he all says right. he goes, you know what? I'm going to tear down all my old barns. We have so much. I'm going to build all new barns. I'm right. going to put all this stuff away that we just grew. 
And I'm going to sit back and say, soul, you, you've done well. Just delight yourself in abundance. And then the story is like the Lord says, fool, your right. soul will be required of you this, this day or whatever. Right. You know, it's like, geez. So try not to rest on those laurels. You know, yeah. and, again, and I'm, I'm speaking that story harsher than, yeah. than you might read it. Just the whole point is I think that you never come to a place you – sh- you're not supposed to come to a place where you go – Yeah, have like total comfort. Right. I have no need of anything now. Like that's a dangerous yeah. place to be in life. Right. Um, I just want – to me, um, I felt uh, – what I felt when I figured out that I could do comedy and that I could do it for a living, what I felt then was peace. Yeah. Because there was so much angst about what am I going to do with my life. Yeah. And when I figured out, oh, I could be good at this, I felt peace because I was like, well, I I will enjoy working on this and I think I could be good at it. And so that's what I really – that to me, that's success. It's not, well, I've got enough money now so I don't – because you're never going to insulate yourself from all the problems of the world. No matter how much money you have, there's something that eventually you're not going to be able to write a check to get out of. Mm-hmm. And plus, you could destroy your family. I could go on the road for 300 days a year, and then my wife's like, um, I don't know you anymore. Right. So that's not. But there's this peace that I have that uh, the, that gift has given me that I feel like I didn't have before. So I'm super grateful for it. But that's all I'm really – to me, that's success is like having this like peace of like, all right, well, even like when the economy's crazy as it is now, I always tell my comedian friends, Listen, I don't know what the world's going to be like 10 years from now, but we're going to need funny people. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to be worth. Right. I don't know what the market for funny people is going to be, but in every culture, whether it's... There's a need. There's going to be a need for people who satirize society, who make fun of people in power, who let us laugh away while we have our problems. We can go for an hour and sit in a room and laugh about it. Yeah. That may change the way it's delivered, but it's always going to be a need. So there's a market for what we do. Don't give up doing it. So I always try to encourage people that way. If you're creative, like there's a need, there's a hole in the marketplace for you. Yeah. So that's the piece I feel. Uh, now I've had diff- varying levels of like monetary and whatever piece where I go, oh, this is rough. For like 2020 is a great example of like everything was crazy. Yeah. It was literally illegal for people to gather. You know. So how do you? How are you going to do what I do? You got to pivot and you got to figure out ways around it. But. Yeah, in general, that angst about what am I going to do went away. And now there's the new angst of how do I maximize this so it's not wasted? I don't want to waste the gift. Yeah. You know? mm, and some people won't be listening and go, you're not that gifted, Johnny. It's not really <laughs> worth <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of. <laughs> yeah. but, no, I, listen, I, well, I mean, that is the key. It's not just success. Like, if you can make any kind of living at something, I mean, there's obviously you're, you have a, a predisposition. A yeah. proclivity uh, for that. And I do think it's like a, I mean, there are days, I mean, this has been a weird year as a writer. Like I have not had the active projects that I have for the past 10 years. It's just, a, I have one coming in January. It's just been an interesting lull. I had several come out yeah. that were sort of in the back end of stuff. Uh, and it's been hard, really hard, you know, because there's that insecurity, but it's good then to be like, hey, one, you you come back to a place of, being grateful for the craft. Yeah. And then, you know, another place of, hey, do I really, de- does, do I really believe God determines what comes to me or doesn't? Can I be okay yeah. when all the things I want to do are not always as easy to grasp, you know, and trust that I'm... Yeah. The fun thing about what we do is you can write something 
that you really like, and then you hope you find an audience for it. And that's when it really is great. Like if it's something you enjoy writing about, and for me, if I'm writing a joke about a subject I really enjoy, then I'd say it on stage and it gets a laugh and I realize now I can make money from this thing that I already love. But then sometimes I'm not great at writing for, like this podcast is an example of where we've evolved. We were talking about it today. Yes, we do this because we love doing it and the audience has found us. But now we've had to start thinking about how can the audience become more engaged? We have to start thinking about them a little more than we ever have because I want to make sure we're providing value for them because there's so many choices. I don't really know what they've done for me, though. Oh, yeah. And that's I don't, a good point. Never I don't mind. Know. Never mind. You think they can hear us right now? I hope, I hope not. Uh, we'll edit all this, this out. This would be... Did I tell you the other day, this is a total pivot, but I was just thinking about it. My... So we go to Bucky's. Oh, I love Bucky's. Bucky's uh, not a sponsor yet, but maybe one day. They. I want to hear that ad. Hi, Bucky's. Like they have, they have a Bucky's. It's a know, wacky character. It's got to be very wacky. I mean, if you're going to put a beaver out front to take, pictures and he's waving, with, the beaver's waving, so he's a jolly. He's not a right. Eeyore type. He, yeah, he does have a half shirt, I think, though. Oh, does There's he? Always something about. Just bottomless, though. I think because it looks worse to put the bottoms put on pants. like you're trying to hide something. Then. Right. Now it looks like he's in his underwear. But why are we covering the top? Like, is a beaver's nipples that offensive to me? Because, <laughs> you know, explain to me what's so bad about a beaver's nipples, Johnny. <laughs> I can't. I don't know. I don't. Anyway, yes, he would wave. He'd be a jovial character. Hi. That's exciting. But anyway, we're at Bucky's. We, we have to stop because we go to Knoxville, you know. Every right. week now, basically, to see Curry's dad, who just got out of the hospital, by the way. That's a whole other story. Yeah. When we were, so we're rolling him out. He went to the ER. He's fine now, but we're rolling him out, and it's just a maze in this hospital. He was like straight to Bucky's. He goes, no, he goes, I don't know. He goes, I'm glad you're rolling me out. I could walk, but I'm glad. He goes, I wouldn't know how to get out of here. He goes, uh, whoever built this hospital should build prisons. You wouldn't need guards. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny. It's a good point, Dad. That's anyway, great. that's great. So we go to Bucky's that morning. I get a cinnamon roll big as my head, okay. with like pecans on it. Pecans. I've not had their breakfast. Laura stopped by the other day. She said they had some amazing breakfast. It's, stuff. Everything's good there. You can't beat it, and yeah. they make it all fresh. So I get it. I couldn't eat it all. So I have like half a cinnamon roll mm. icing, huge slab of icing on this thing. So that night, I realized when we get home. From Knoxville, I go, oh, I've got this half of a thing in a little plastic yeah. box. I throw it in the microwave for maybe 20 seconds. Uh. Go get myself a drink. Come back. I open the microwave. The icing has melted into uh, a just an ooze, a magma. <laughs> but I'm starving. I take my fork. I go, boom. I shovel this. Molten hot. Yeah. And you know how you like when you're eating something hot, you can go, oh, oh, oh. You can do that. You can't do that when the icing sticks to the roof of your Uh mouth. It's on there like napalm. And I can't get it off. It burned my mouth worse than I've ever had. You know when you eat like hot pizza, you get those little strings of mouth skin hanging down. Uh This wasn't that. Literally within 30 minutes, my mouth had a blister in it. Shoot. It was like the English patient up there. It was bad inside. (laughs) And I didn't know what to do, so I just had to, but luckily the next day, it had already like, evidently your mouth heals. That's what they pre- say. It's pre- yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in there, but hooray for the way God designed this because uh, 
I thought, is this a, have I permanently injured myself? Right, like I'm not with gonna... a cinnamon roll. Like that's an embarrassing injury. I hurt my. Yeah, that's like a Bart Durham commercial. The right. the local Nashville lawyer. Have you eaten a hot cinnamon roll? <laughs> you may have. So, you deserve. <laughs> that's right. You deserve what happened. It'd be great if you called one of those people and they'd be like, "What happened now?" You'd be like, "This guy cut me off. Did you signal? No, I didn't signal." Uh, we can't help you. Uh, <laughs> uh, you deserve what you got. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so my mouth is okay now. I'm back in the game. All right. Um, you know, it's not affected me yeah. the way that it could have. But I'm just saying, if you're out there, don't uh, do it more than I say 10 seconds. Yeah, 10. It's probably, if you look into, and the icing has run off of your cinnamon roll and it's in the bottom at what, all. You could have given it a second. You could have I, let it. You could have let it rest before wanted, you just go shoveling it right into I your wanted, gullet. I wanted that cinnamon roll. I think that's why delivery pizza is better to me than if you go to the restaurant. I think it's because I can't wait, and then I burn myself. It's that, why I don't drink coffee too. That's what makes it good. I'm saying because they forced that 30 minute time frame on you of the pizza can cool down a little bit. Yeah. So it's still hot, but it's not so hot that gotcha. it's inedible. Yeah. So you're mad that it's like, oh, it's taking forever for this pizza. But you need that time if you're me because I'm a just devour life kind of person. That's right. why I can't eat hot drinks. If you it's give really me a hot... More, more of the pizza you devour if than you, life. I, I just, I'm trying to make it about my lust for life, <laughs> I though. have a, a wonderful outlook. You, John, you look at life and you say, why? I say, why not? <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> it's true. But, you are such the adventurer. Yeah. But... Hot drinks, like I don't sip things, and I think that's why I'm in trouble. I would just gulp a, yeah. you know, even I drink hot cocoa, like a seven-year-old, I burn myself. Yeah, you're not a sipper. I'm and, not. Uh, I chug. Sippage is important. It is. You've got to learn to, I need to learn to stop and smell the roses, as it were. Maybe stop and, and stop sip, and sip, sip the, the roses. Um, well, know. I'm sorry about your mouth, but I'm glad that you. It's fine. I'll be fine. And maybe Bucky's will be a sponsor one day, too. Bro, beaver nuggets? Pretty good. Speaking of, okay, here's a sponsor. I don't know why they're so good. Here's a sponsorship story for you. Okay. It's a weird, like, strange bedfellows kind of a thing that happened to me. All so right. we're driving on the road. This is the same trip. I look out of the corner of my eye. There's a tractor trailer with a huge logo for Bad Boy Mowers, right? Uh-huh. Bad Boy Mowers. Uh-huh. Great company, whatever. They make these big zero-turn tractor things. And some people are really into mowing. Are you a mowing guy? You're into mowing? You like mowing yourself? Yeah. Is my story boring you, John? <laughs> It's a big yawn. Sorry. So we drive down. <laughs> I look across the tractor, week. bad boy mowers on the track. And then a huge Willie Nelson photo. Willie Nelson, he's got his autograph in huge. Like as an endorsement? He is endorsing and is bad a partner boys. of bad boy mowers, which whatever. That's a, that's a little bit okay. odd to me. I don't know if Willie Nelson's even ever mowed his yard. But maybe yeah. he does. He's a he's known as an earthy person. He's got that persona. Yeah. Maybe it makes sense to them. But then they chose uh it said Bad Boy Mowers Willie Nelson on the road again. Okay. I don't understand. First of all, you don't mow on the road. You yeah. mow on in your yard. <laughs> on the grass. So again. like they which that would have worked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You had Willie Nelson as your sponsor, and you couldn't just say... So something about grass. We both love grass. Like, <laughs> they blew it, they right? They probably thought the younger generation wouldn't know that marijuana reference is grass. Maybe. I wonder if, if our millennial listeners and our Z listeners know that grass is marijuana. I wonder if we have any Z listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they're already past podcasting. Willie as Nelson. A, as a, I'm Willie Nelson for Bad Boy Mowers. On the road again. 
on the road again. Right. Could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there'll be less grass around when I'm through. <laughs> Bad boy mowers. <laughs> Come on. Anything really, but what you It's did. a missed opportunity. It really, really is. <sighs> yeah. To all the lawns I've loved before. There's a lot of songs <laughs> they could have chosen. Other than On the Road Against is most famous. And maybe it's because it's a truck. They're taking mowers to other people. Yeah. It's full of mowers, I guess, and they're taking okay. the dealers. Maybe that's the we're on the road again, taking these. We're delivering beautiful, but no. no, no. If you're in the road, you're not getting a lot of mowing done. No, get out of the road. Yeah. Although, don't you hate those people that mow and they put grass all into the road? As a former professional mm-hmm. grass mower, yeah, it infuriates me. It, all you got to do is do a couple of rows going the other way and blow it yeah, that go way. Go the other way, and then two. Uh, even more infuriating is when I see people with blowers because that was a big job that I started with. And mm-hmm. Like nine, I was to blow the. You hate when you see the people with blowers. I don't hate them. I'm not done. Just yet. in general, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that guy. Dang it! Um, yeah, I hate it when they're blowing into the street. Oh right. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's the whole point of the blow. Back into the yard. That's where it can all blend in. Back into the yard. Like, what guys? If you're out there, I'm sorry. You you blow into like if you're blowing a sidewalk, you don't blow it into the street. You blow it into the grass, into the yard. Be this res- has been Mowing 101 with John This has Johnny. been your Mowing Minute. <laughs> a new segment on Talk About That. Speaking uh, of uh, segments. Oh, that's right. We wanted to bring back a segment that we've been doing a few times uh, that we call Talk About Then. Oh, beautiful. This week in history, John. Uh, first of all, here's one for you, U.S. history buff. Mm. The Bill of Rights was ratified Ooh. Uh, this week in, do you know what year? I do know. <laughs> <laughs> and why do you know? Because you said it before. I man. said it before and you I remember I would have gotten it. close. Yeah. But I don't think I knew it was that far because I think the Constitution was ratified in what year? What would you guess? I, oh. think, I think it was 1787. Okay. So the idea that it was four more years. And they already had amend- made 10 amendments. But don't quote me on that. There's no way to know. But Seven, well, no, so the Ten Amendments were required for like this was necessary. Like the the, the anti Federalists, yeah, that became the Democratic Democratic Republicans, mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson, James Madison. This was their compromise. This was called the Great Compromise. It was their compromise uh, to allowing the Constitution to be ratified. Was that we would only do it if there's a Bill of Rights. Because that's the way – because they were scared of a strong central government and a strong executive. Yeah. They wanted to have no president. But they'd done that for 10 years with the Articles of Confederation. It didn't work. They couldn't raise an army. They couldn't raise taxes. They couldn't do anything. And so – Well, we can't raise taxes. What are we really? <laughs> Sheesh. They couldn't levy taxes. What sorry. a bummer. And so, like, they couldn't get stuff done. And yeah. The nation was in shambles. And so – they were like, well, they, but they still were afraid of a king, afraid of having too much central power. And so this was sort of the compromises. The Bill of Rights is protecting the rights of individuals. Yeah. So that we put this government in. All right. As long as we know we're protecting that the, that the government would never have the, the right then to take away your freedom of speech, the right to take away the freedom of the press or your religion, those kinds of things. It, it was supposed to be the safeguard to allow a stronger government to come into place. Yeah. But I was surprised it took that long to get ratified. I thought it was ratified with the Constitution, so forgive me for that. Four more years. Mm. Uh, Four more years. Oh, uh, comedian and actor Tim Conway, born December fifteenth, oh. nineteen thirty-three. Wow. Uh, this week in nineteen thirty-three, one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. In fact, I was doing an interview one time on the radio. I may have told this story before, but 
people always ask you when you do these, there's, you get the same five or six questions. How'd you get started? Blah, blah, blah. But always ask you your influences. And it was one of the first times I've ever been asked that. Uh-huh. And I was, they were like, who's your influences? And I was like, I don't know. I said, you know, what's funny. I don't really think of it as like standups being my influences, but co- comedians in general, in the broad term, like sketch comics. And I named like Don Knotts and Tim Conway and a few people. And I was like, you know what? I guess it's people that made my mom laugh. Oh, wow. And then like, I got like emotional. Yeah. Cause it hit me. Like, that's why I do comedy yeah. to make my mom laugh, even though she's never seen me do comedy. And it just like this weird touchstone moment that they had kind of triggered. I mean, I was like, yeah, you got me. It was, yeah. made me a little bit, wow. but it was, so Tim Conway was a big deal in my house, mm-hmm. Carol Burnett show and yeah. all of his movies. And just like, to me, there's nobody funnier than Tim Conway ever. So that's a big one. So wow. yeah. All right, John, here's one for you. Okay. The first U S armed bank robbery. December 15th, 1863, a man walks into a bank in Middlesex County, Massachusetts, shoots the 17-year-old bookkeeper and steals, how much do you think he got? hundred bucks. 5000 Okay. The directors of the bank offered a $6,000 reward for the arrest of the murderer. Wow. So he wasn't just armed and like that's, threatening to use it. He walked in, killed somebody, and took the money. That's late for the first armed robbery to me. 1863? I mean, mm-hmm. that's during the Civil War. Yeah, you think of like all these Old West movies. I wonder if he was a Confederate sympathizer. Huh. Because he was in Massachusetts. Or I wonder if he's just a dude getting money. Yeah, it could have just been somebody starving. But man, he was... The thing is like, even when you hear these stories on in LA in the 80s, that was when all the like highway shootings and stuff started happening. Yeah. People were being crazy in the road rage because yeah. people had guns in their cars. And there was a bit, uh, Jake Johansson, one of my favorite comics when I was a kid, he had this bit about like, we're shooting people on the highway in L.A. now. He was just like, I don't understand how this is supposed to help traffic. Like, just show them the gun. <laughs> like, just be like, uh, I need to merch. You know, like, that should be enough. Should like, be enough. We're, we're actually pulling. So, like, he walked in and was like, I'm going to kill this person and steal the money. It wasn't like, because yeah. when we think of armed robbery, you don't necessarily use the gun. Right. The gun this is guy was actually a murderer. Wanted. Yeah. Interesting. But he only got 5000 And then they made a sixth out. They're like, but let's they go him? one up. It doesn't say. Uh, I'm sorry, John. Don't you want to know? It's a loose end on this this Did, talk about then segment. I, I apologize. I feel like my family is very frustrated that I asked too many questions because I really want to know. Yeah. No. Do you think? Oh, I know. I know they're frustrated. They get frustrated by all the. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> and I want to understand why you did that you know what i'm saying i want to i want to know the inner workings of it here's one for us john okay uh a little board game was invented trivial pursuit 1979 wow by uh canadians chris haney and scott abbott over 15 million were sold in 1984 alone jeez yeah one of the most epic days of our live lives lives would have been when I was still in college and we were in Knoxville yeah, and uh, you were over at the basement where I was living. It's probably engaged because I was living there. Yeah. And we played Trivial, Trivial Pursuit for a good... Was it just me versus you? Just me and you. Huh. It was a good solid... How, how did that happen? Would we ever... Like, I can't imagine us doing that now. No. Like, how did we just decide... We wouldn't, We were busy back then. When yeah. did we just decide one day to come play let's a board just, game? Let's play a couple hours of yeah. rolling dice around. Why did we do that? I think... It must have yeah. been a football game or something that day, and we'd already yeah. been there watching or something. I think you wanted to be like, Johnny thinks he's smart. I, I think I got this. That is not true. I always thought you were smarter than me. Mm. Always. <laughs> Completely. Are you you're, a, you're a scholarship student. You're that an academic a, scholar. That's not smart. 
That has nothing to do with smarts. It does too. No, it really. You had really a four zero. You had all the thing. They paid for your school, Johnny. I didn't go to school. It doesn't matter. You were the. I went to school, but not college. You know, intelligence to me is reflected by two things: it, by by obvious by knowledge, um, which income? you have a lot of, Wait. right? <laughs> but like ability to articulate. Yeah. Okay. And so a person who can do what you can do with words and can be as quick on your feet with it. Yeah. To me, that's like true intelligence not how much someone could go memorize well you know? it's very nice john but that day uh we had i mean it was like a blood it was a standoff it was a, we, we both we, had we, most we, of our pie pieces no, we had all the pie pieces okay both. We yeah had, both had all the pie pieces right we both have made it to the middle yeah so it was like sudden death down to one question we get to pick off of the card that you draw i don't know if everybody plays this way but how we pick if you get to the last question and you have to to win the whole game the other person gets to choose the category. So they choose the hardest question on the card. Yeah. I don't know if everybody plays that way, but that's how we play. Yeah. And that's what, house rules. Wasn't the, wasn't the category foreign languages? Uh, something like that. So I picked, because I knew, I know where your blind spots are. Right. And, and it's culture. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, what is socially acceptable? No, I knew like, okay, because I'd studied Spanish and things like I knew like, okay, you're not going to know. I think it was French. Maybe they said French. Yeah, I don't know. It might have been. And so I was like, all right. And the word, the, the question was? Uh, I think it was, what is the French word for dry? And I was like, okay, well, next, you know, because we had gone back and forth. We'd, we had. We you were had, ready to put the card away. You put the card back in the sleeve. We had been doing this. You we, go, all right, you were ready to roll. You were like, all right, let's roll. And I kind of said, wait a minute. And I thought about it for like 30 seconds. Oh, it was longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> and I was just doing like an educated guess in my mind of like, this is probably a word that I would know in pop culture. It's probably a word that I've seen that I did not know meant dry. And I thought, what makes you dry? And I thought, for some reason, I thought deodorant. And I thought, I wonder if there's a deodorant named this because it means dry, because it keeps you dry. And then I thought, I bet Brute, which was a big brand. Well, thing. you also thought, didn't you also think of... Uh a dry champagne too? Yeah, but I wouldn't have known that because okay, I didn't grow okay. up around alcohol. Well, I didn't either, but I thought... I think used... that was the question is what... in, in It was an alcohol question because I think that's what it was getting at. In wine, what means dry? How do you tell what's on the dry. bottle? Yeah. And, uh, but I just immediately thought, what? how would I have seen this word in regular life? I remember seeing the words form. You saw... Brrr, and I was like, what? It went and slow no! motion. And yeah. I lost... Yeah. Because we had been at that But it was last, a total guess. It was just like an educated guess. We'd been going back and forth for a long time yeah. in the middle of the of the board. So, yep. Trivial Pursuit, thank you for... <sighs> well, you chose the question. Like, you thought, I oh, got no. him. I know. I picked and my I, poison. And I vanquished you. Yes. Man. And to this day... That was a great moment. <laughs> uh, here's one, John, okay. uh, to wrap up the segment. Yeah. Famous film. Mm. It's uh, the film version of Margaret Mitchell's American Civil War drama. Would go on to win eight Academy Awards. Hattie McDaniel became the first African American to win an Academy Award. Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. However, she was racially segregated from her co-stars at the awards ceremony and had to sit at a separate table at the back of the room. Did you know that? No. Yeah, she wasn't allowed because it was separate Academy Award ceremonies. Isn't that crazy? Even then, you win an award. You're the best in your field at something, and yeah. you still have to deal with that. It's crazy to think about that we're only a couple generations removed from that. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah, it's a uh, the long shadow. And yeah, the, and again, just studying it, the long shadow. Which have have you seen the trailer for Will Smith's new movie, Emancipation? Yeah, no. I, I've seen posters and stuff for it. 
the trailer's unbelievable. Um, and so I won't give any, anything away because it's in the trailer. But yeah. like at the end of it, he is, you know, that fa- the most famous picture of slavery, you can't see the, the man's face, but it's the one where his back is so brutally scarred. Oh, right, scarred. right, right. That's him. Yeah. Is what they're what they're trying to make. I guess that's it's based on a true story. Yeah. Um, but like the picture on Apple TV Plus, just his picture. Mm-hmm. And I told Laura last night, just looking at it. I mean, he's got like this rusty shackle around his neck, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, could you imagine how uncomfortable? Right. Just like basically hard steel or iron or whatever would be around your neck rough but then someone's dragging him right and that and it's just I, you have that moment of like you sort of have a, a tangible like oh what if i put a piece of metal around my neck right now here pick up a piece of metal like what would that feel like on my skin is mm-hmm. it cold is it does it hurt does it cut does it mm-hmm. does the rust what is it you know and then you go guys you know, for me, it was like that happened right. to millions of people. Yeah. Real people. And I think it's just like um, that long shadow then into segregation that was, you know, like that's why it's important that we continue to study and talk about it because it's not it's not that we're in slavery anymore, but that it, it, I think it's so striking, like – you can't even call it a black eye in American history. It's that's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. Like this is, I believe, like a fault line of understanding us as a nation. Right. Uh, that continues. Right. To, continues to reverberate. Uh, and and so and I can't even imagine like if I have ancestors, you know, and, and that's a part of the story. So I don't know. I just I, when I hear stories of segregation in the 30s, 40s and 50s, even, you know, in 60s. Um, yeah. It's just it's casting a long shadow still. It really, really is. And the resurgence of the KKK in the early to mid twentieth century is an un, is an unbelievably tragic story because you know it really gone away towards the end uh, of the nineteenth. But um, anyway, just fascinating. I bummed everybody out at the end. Yes, I apologize. Thanks, oh, here's one one last one. Yeah. Okay. To escape the segment, uh, Maurice Wilkins, uh, December fifteenth, nineteen sixteen. Uh, died in 2004. British biochemist. He was the co-winner of the 1962 Nobel Prize for discovering what, John? Uh, uranium. The structure of DNA. Oh, wow. He discovered DNA. He also worked on creating the first atomic bomb. So, okay. I was close. <laughs> man, that's something, isn't it? <sighs> I wonder how he felt about that legacy. I'm sure there's a whole, there's probably a whole, there's a lot, yeah. I bet there's a lot in there where he's just like, what have I done? There's a lot of that with those, Mm -hmm. you read about those stories now. I kind of think that. Even Einstein. Oh, yeah. Had that huge, like, I didn't know this was going to be, we're going to kill each other with this. Well, I mean, nothing is without a a downstream consequence that you may or may not be able to avoid. Yeah. I mean, progress in general. Right. I mean, they're developing so much in Mount Juliet right now, and the number of deer yeah. Who have lost their habitat here are all, I mean, the roads are yeah. covered with, you, have, you can't drive in Mount Julia right now without yeah. going slow and watching, I think, especially at I night. think it's okay. I'm not one of those people that's like, we got to keep it fields forever. I do think it's interesting. Fields are fields forever, by the way, if the Lord's the Lord of them. 
I do think it's interesting, though, <laughs> and a little bit weird when they name the subdivision things like deer run. You're like, yeah, they run when you bring bulldozers into their house. Don't remind me of what you did. Yeah, you're like, you Look at those deer that. run. Let's just call it deer run. <laughs> Can you get that on a big slab of concrete now for us? Oh, my goodness. The deer see that, and they're like, are you serious, buddy? Yeah, no kidding. Good grave. It's just a matter of time where the deer rise up. Yeah. Um, Form yeah. their own governments. Ugh. No, I just think it's a, I think you can't, you can't ever know, you know, what's going to be downstream of things. Like we were talking about the internet today at lunch. Yeah. Like, I the mean, unintended consequences of the internet. Yeah. We're seeing it now where it's affecting every walk of life. When something starts, you go, oh, this is a great thing. This will be an addition to my already right. great life. And it'll be, I'll make, it'll make things a little easier to now the point where at the internet, we cannot live without it. Right. You cannot function outside of digital ones and zeros. And so now it's, it makes us all sitting ducks for like a targeted whatever cyber attack or whatever because we're so dependent on it. Whereas before it was like, here's a new additive. Here's digital music. Yeah. Here's a thing that makes your life. Here, this will type a document way faster than a typewriter. Now it's like you can't live off of this thing. Right. Now I'm one glitch away from not being able to prove right. how much money I had in my bank account before it all went away. Yeah. Because there's no actual money anymore. Yeah. It's Crazy. now – Ones and zeros. And the thing we were talking about at lunch was that the people who are making the laws that affect the internet are all 80. Yeah. And they don't know anything about the internet. Right. That's the weird part. Was that Jimmy Fallon, I think? Maybe it was Seth Meyers one of the other night. They, they were doing a story on that. Exactly. They did a joke on that exact yeah. thing. And it was like they showed a guy who's 80 mm-hmm. in the Senate, I think. And they went back to one of his real tweets from like 2013. There was like misspells the first time he had tweeted. It was like... I now have, it's like it was missing letters, an iPhone. Yeah. They were like, this is the guy. Yeah, this is the one who's right. going to make laws his, about This one fair and only use. tweet was about getting an iPhone in 2013. <laughs> and now it's he's telling great. us about, yeah. So it was like, um, yeah. But I will say about the DNA thing, uh, and thanks to Maurice Wilkins oh. for discovering it. Uh, did he know that now every housewife in America was going to be obsessed with true crime because of what because that's really to to me that's one of the true like examples of the existence of god is that god knew these people are going to kill each other and they're going to commit crimes and i need to build in a system to where it has to be this guy there's a 99.999 percent certainty it was this guy you know what i'm saying like think about it could have just been like i'm gonna make one or two or three different kinds of people but god was like no this is going to go bad, and I'm going to let them discover this thing that's going to like solve a lot of problems. Interesting. I no, never you, thought of like fingerprints all being different. Like right. that's that's a that's a built-in failsafe. Yeah. For man's inhumanity to man, if you do it right, yeah. if we if we develop the right systems of of social justice, and, you know, and, we, and yet blood types are finite. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? DNA is infinite. Right. Fingerprints. Then you've got the secretor, non-secretor thing and all the weird. I mean, there's all that that I only know because of true crime shows. I don't do a lot. I commit more true crime than I watch. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) John's out there just running amok. Um, Well, they were talking about, Curry said she was talking about the other day about how they posture now that even though the population's doubled twice or whatever in the last 40 years, there are less serial killers in the mix. There were in the 1980s, say. And they think there's all kinds of reasons. There's better access to mental health services. Yeah. But people get caught before they become a serial killer. Uh, 
So because we have better, like yeah. there's cameras everywhere. We yeah. don't necessarily love that. But then when it's like, hey, I have footage of this guy sneaking into the, right. we can catch the guy. So he doesn't become a guy that kills 12 people. He killed one person and he got caught. So I do think it's interesting. But interesting. DNA is like, I do feel like it's a thing. It's like a little hack that God built in that said like, it's going to go bad. Humans are jealous and they're awful and they're going to do sinful things. But I'm going to make sure this guy gets caught. And it just took us so long to figure out that hack that he wired in. Yeah. But we eventually found it. And now it's only going to get better. I mean, now it's like they can they can type like grass that was on your tires. Well, this grass only grows in like we have so many things we can do to catch a guy now. Yeah. You're dumb if you go try to kill somebody. Don't do it, John. Yeah. What are you doing? I, well, just I, take a minute and cool <laughs> off. I couldn't. I just <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't stop yourself. <laughs> John's a hothead, y'all. Do you know what DNA stands for? I was just thinking of this if I can remember it. Oh no, I don't know. From science, do not acquit. Because <laughs> this guy's guilty. I think it was deoxyribonucleic acid. Oh, that's right. Is that's that right. right. Yeah, yeah. I knew the D- nucleic acids the NA. Yeah. Interesting. And okay. then there was a. I don't know what RNA. I don't remember what RNA stands for though. Yeah. I'm not even sure what RNA is. It's a registered nurse of America. Oh, well, they, they, we wouldn't we're be the so, same without them. We're so grateful for we those are so grateful heroes. For all you RNAs out there. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we had to put RN on Laura's plane tickets because, you know, she's a medical person. Oh, does all. she get like priority seating? No, of just it? if something goes wrong. I guess oh, they, they go, go find her. Yes. Because you know, they, they used to say that you see it in movies like, is there a doctor in the house? Right. They don't even do that. And they just look at your no. ticket stub. I don't know. They probably still call for you. Like, they know she's in seat you don't have 17B. To call for her. If there's a medical emergency, she'll find you. Oh, that's true. You know what I'm saying? If we're on a plane and there's a medical emergency, she will She will find I've you. I've been with her, I think, one or once or twice where she had that kind of a take charge moment where she had to step in. But guys, it's a thing of beauty. It is good. It's, it's good unbelievable. Stuff. We were laughing last night. Uh, we had our community group over, and we were telling stories about Laura in emergency situations at church. Yeah. That's you know, probably where I saw it, where a kid got hurt. Yeah. And she like... Goes into just, she goes into muscle memory of this well, is what we you do. We had a kid go down in a service one night. If you remember that, like we had probably a hundred kids in the room and I was coming up to pray the end of worship. Yeah. Everyone had their eyes closed. As they're as supposed, you're to. supposed to. Right. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> looking around. Even you there that fell on the ground. <laughs> you're like, you think it's just, it's a Pentecostal service. You don't know what's going on. Like, we don't normally have services like that. But <laughs> I didn't see the kid go, but Laura all of a sudden is yelling. And my first inclination is like, hey, why are you yelling? You know, she's like, John! Like, she finally oh, wow. I was like, oh, okay. So we had to, like, clear the room, ambulance, the whole deal, you know. And the yeah. kid was fine after we got to the hospital. But um, but we've had one guy, the guy, one of the guys that was build the church, his name was Tommy Trumbo. Yeah, which is, what a great name. Great name. Ah, musical name. It's very like, uh, yeah, it sounds like a cartoon character. Yeah. And so he went down at the old chapel. Uh-huh. And, and uh, I told last night, it reminded what me. What do you mean went down? What happened? He passed, he just, he became unconscious. Okay. Went, you know, passed out, whatever. <laughs> so you don't know if he's having a heart attack, if he's, you know, if he's just low blood sugar, you don't know. I remember standing behind Laura watching, and there was these chairs, yeah. and it looked like one of those superhero cartoons almost where it's almost like what was that movie where it was like there was a there was some some paranormal and the chairs start doom, doom, they just start just oh, okay just going it's like she wasn't even touching them just chairs are flying in the air she's she just, doing this she just with takes the adrenaline. out like five rows she hulked, running around she, to get to him she hulked up and gets to him 
Oh, man. And he, for the rest of his life, loved, and he's still alive, but he would, every time he sees her, he'd be like, no, Laura, don't smack me again. He swore up and down. She smacked and him. And she was like, Tommy, wake up. Like, he's like, and she's, she says, John, I did, I did not smack the guy. But he you loves You know what? It. She loves did that it. to me one time, but I had not, I wasn't unconscious. She just didn't like what I had to say. <laughs> Instead of the chairs flying, she picked up a chair and hit like, you wake like, up, WWF. wake up. I'm like, I'm awake. What in the world? <laughs> I'll never stay at your guest room again, ever. Don't even, <laughs> don't even ask. The answer is no. And the last one, uh, our pastor's wife's dad yeah. passed out in the service back right before COVID, and I swear. And, and so Julie, yeah, his daughter was over him like, Dad, Dad, we're all gathering around, and I watched Laura, and Johnny. I kid you not, because she she denies this. Mm-hmm. She picked up Julie, right, and tossed her like a sack of dirt to get to Don, like move, and like gone. Like, just threw her, like, three feet. I'm telling you, something's was, going on. She's got special powers. I was like, okay, number one, that's my boss's wife, and yeah. we're not going to have a job anymore. Right. So. Now she's down. Somebody else has to attend to her. Right. Then she grabs that I, person, I'm throwing. Them. I'm throwing chairs. <laughs> it really is a thing of beauty, though, because she's, gr- I mean, man. Yeah. It's just great. It's, it's great to have someone who knows what to do, you know, in a crisis. Now, I'm pretty good because if I'm with her. I think you're good in, like, a mental health crisis. Uh like if somebody's in despair, you kind of you can help. I've been around a lot. But of those. if I'm like aspirating, you got nothing for me. <laughs> you know, I would. You're not gonna like take a pen and make a no you know, a tracheotomy I think emergency. Laura would love to have to make a trach to save. That's someone. like the dream, right? But I would be terrified. Like I'm gonna hit someone's jugular or something. But I don't think. I think that it's in the front. Jugular's over here, right? Tony, this is why you don't want me doing it. You're just it. that bad with a pen. You're like, I can't do this. I mean, you see my handwriting? I can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't they were going to be okay until John stabbed him in the jugular. <laughs> Maybe you are a serial killer. Good grief. <laughs> he had a sprained ankle, bro. <laughs> yeah. Why would you even think that a pen to the trachea would be the answer? I don't know. I just saw it in a movie. Uh, I had to, yeah. I just want to save lives. Yeah. I just know that I used to have a joke about that, about how, like, after seeing my doctor open a Capri Sun, I hope I never need an emergency <laughs> tracheotomy. Because there's always that one person that just stabs it all the way through the bag. It just uh, goes in one side, out the that. other. You're like, all right, yeah. I've got origami now <laughs> with juice in the bottom of it. That's very funny. I don't know. Very funny. We don't listen. We hope that you don't have any sort of emergency. No. That you're going to require one of us to rush to your aid. But we do want to rush more great content to your device. Where could that happen, Johnny? Talk about that podcast.com or wherever you find your podcasts. The yeah. Podcast shop. Android. Apple. Yeah. Uh, iHeartRadio. Google Play. Spotify. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's that one called? Uh, the, the, the S. I don't know. <laughs> Just go find it. <laughs> go find the show and put it in your ear holes and we will uh we'll see you every week we love having you we do we do enjoy it and you should go check out uh johnny w's link tree that's j-o-n-n-i-e-w yeah um and then my website's johnnyw.com and all that yeah. stuff's linked there too go to amazon find out about all of john's new book projects a couple of them that just came out Great stuff out there. So many books. John, you've written how many books? 20,000? 28. 28 books. Yeah. How many of those are you proud of? Uh, <sighs> so I was telling someone last night about I the first book I you. Wrote, and it was John, you should be proud of all of them. They it's all a, matter because they all help you learn how to write. Thank you. Come on now. It's not about 
It's like the, the, the public is the guinea pig to your... Right. Yeah. Look, I may not be good at this. I've just failed at it longer than most people are willing to try. Just going from failure to fail without any loss of enthusiasm. Yeah, Isn't that... Who said that, Churchill? I think he did. I don't know. I don't either. I think it was C.S. Lewis. Really? No, wait. There's no way to know. Abraham Lincoln. My favorite quote is uh, that have been attributed to a million people is... It's amazing what can be accomplished when nobody cares who gets the credit. Because literally like 10 people have had that quote attributed to them. And it's a quote about not (laughs) needing credit. credit. (laughs) It's so great, right? Maybe the person who wrote it really meant it, Johnny. Maybe they're like, I'm just just going to stay quiet, even though my work is... But then someone else tried to take credit. That's what's crazy. Somebody wanted credit for that. Yeah. Wow. (sighs) Irony. So ironic. Yeah. It is. Well, guys, we appreciate the time you give to us, though. It means a lot, and uh, exciting things continue to happen in the podcast. And so we'll be doing it again next week on Talk About That. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.